0: Amen, in your Bible tonight, Revelation chapter 1, yes man. amen, 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 praise the Lord, anybody else, I don't care, amen, praise the Lord, he's faithful, Let's look tonight at Revelation chapter 1. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bare record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy. And keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace be unto you, and peace from him which is, and which was, and which is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, And the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds. And every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so... Amen. Tonight's message comes from verse number 7. The Bible says, Behold, he cometh. Behold, he cometh. That's tonight's message title. Behold, he cometh. I love this verse. It's so true. It's so important. Behold, he cometh. The Bible says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. Amen. The book of Revelation is about the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, make sure that when you say this, you're not saying the revelations. This is not the book of revelations. How many of you ever heard anybody say that? Revelations. It is as incorrect to say the book of revelations as it is to say I'm going to the Walmarts. It just doesn't work. Uh, actually, it's probably far worse to refer to the revelations of Jesus Christ, that it is to prefer to Walmart as the Walmarts. It does not require an S. As a matter of fact, you lose a lot when you add an S to the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's not going to be revealed many times. He's going to be revealed, and we're going to see him. Revelation is a revealing. The word apocalypse, isn't that a scary word? Don't be scared. The word apocalypse and the word revelation mean the same thing. and They both are not really scary words, but it's an appearing Uh, The word appearing, the word revelation, the word apocalypse, they're the same word. And we're having a revealing. We're going to see Jesus in all of his glory. In the book of Revelation, we see the revelation of Jesus completing the work that he set out to do. And finally, the Lord Jesus will rule and reign and set all air straight. Sin will be dealt with. Satan will be dealt with. And God's perfection will be found in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're going to see, His revelation. The main part of the book of Revelation is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Bible says in verse number 7, Behold, He cometh with clouds. That word behold, come see, look, watch. Come see. It's almost like, hey, come look, this is going to be awesome. And it's true. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. Tonight's message Behold, he cometh. Let's just break this down. I want to begin number one with this simple point and simple thought. Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. I know that there are some folks who call themselves Christians who want to dismiss completely the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. They want to get rid of the mystic side of the the nature of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Word of God. They want to do away with Christ's second coming. Let me tell you something. If Jesus was finished with his first coming, he didn't do a very good job. He's got a perfect plan, and the end of uh, of his plan is the second coming of Christ. Jesus coming again. Uh, Jesus is going to come at a moment we don't know. Jesus is coming again. Uh, this world is not all, is not the best that Jesus could do. As a matter of fact, Jesus had a perfect plan as our creator. And sin and the sin the, the sinful nature of men and the sin of man messed up God's perfect creation. And Satan played a role in it. As a matter of fact, the first time we begin to see the possibility and begin to look for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ begins in Genesis chapter number 3 in verse number 15. After Adam and Eve have fallen in sin and Satan, the old serpent, has deceived them. The Lord Jesus says that, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. The Lord says, Satan, your head's going to be bruised. And I'm going to tell you who's going to do the ultimate head bruising on Satan himself. That's the Lord Jesus when he comes again. Jesus coming again. One out of every 20 verse in the New Testament refers to and deals with the second coming of Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to deny that Jesus come again, you've got to deny a large portion of the New Testament. And you have to deny great portions of the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's some. How many of you like John 14, one of my favorite passages in all the Bible? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. But you listen to what Jesus has to say in John chapter number 14. Jesus coming again. he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. What's he say? He says, I go to prepare a place for you. I go and prepare a place for you. He says, I will come again. You tell me Jesus is not coming again. I'll tell you, you've made Jesus a liar. And if I have to choose between you and Jesus, I'm going to choose Jesus every time. He says, I will come again. Titus, the book of Titus written by the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul refers many times to the coming of Christ. In Titus 2 verse 13, the Bible says, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming again. The Bible says in Hebrews 9, verse 28, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And Revelation 1, verse number 7 says, Behold, he cometh with clouds. Jesus coming again. I'm excited about the fact that Jesus is coming. You know the message of Christ's return is one of either great joy or great terror. (laughs) If you're saved by grace through faith, you can rejoice in the promise and the fact that Jesus is coming in. But if you've ran from the Lord, you've rejected his free gift of salvation, you've not become his child, you should fear and tremble because the coming of the Lord is going to come at a moment we know not. Jesus is coming again. I'm thankful Jesus is coming again. I rejoice that Jesus is coming again. The fact is the Bible teaches that Jesus is coming in the scripture. Our text tonight says, Behold, He cometh with clouds. Now, that leads us to the second point. We'll spend more time in the second and third point, I promise. The second and third point brings us to uh, his coming, the coming of Christ. Now, the Lord is coming back. And when we turn in our Bibles to Revelation 1, verse 7, 7, the Bible's referring to the return of Christ. And I'm just going to tell you when this is going to happen. Jesus is going to return in the clouds, And every eye shall see them. When's that going to happen? This is the second coming of Christ that we can predict. I can't tell you exactly when it's going to happen. But we can predict when Jesus is going to come again. As mentioned to us in Revelation 1-7. Because he's going to come at the end of the seven year tribulation. And he's going to set all things straight. I'm excited to talk to you more and more about the coming of Christ with his saints. But the first thing I want to talk to you about. Point number two is not only is Jesus coming, but point number two is Jesus is coming for his saints. Jesus is coming for his saints. There's something that's going to transpire in the life of the church and God's believers, folks who are saved, before Jesus returns at the end of the tribulation to set all things straight. Jesus is going to come for his saints. Jesus is coming for his saints. Now, now the Bible says in Revelation 1-7, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. This speaks of the visible return of Jesus. This will take place at the end of the great tribulation. And you know what, folks? I'm not going to be part of the great tribulation. The Bible tells us that he's coming again in the clouds. And every eye shall see. Now, I want you to compare in your heart and in your mind Revelation 1-7 to what the Bible says in Revelation 16-15. If you take notes, you may want to write these down. At the end of the message, if you want all these uh, references, I'll be glad to hand them to you. But I'd encourage you to look these passages of Scripture up for yourself. We don't have time to turn to all of them. We'll be here forever. But if you take notes and you can, if you're really fast at sword drills and uh, you, you keep up, that'll be great. But I want you to compare in your mind Revelation 1-7 to Revelation 16, verse 15. In Revelation 1-7, the Bible says that Jesus is going to come in the clouds and every eye shall see him. But in Revelation 16, and verse 15, the Bible says this, Behold, I come as a thief. Does every eye see the thief? No. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. What about compare Revelation 1-7? He cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him to Revelation 3-3. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief. And thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. As a thief. You know what the Bible tells us to do as God's people? The Bible tells us to watch. To be ready. Keep our lights trimmed and burning bright. And be prepared as servants for the master to return. Why in the world would the Lord Jesus tell us to watch. And tell us we will not know the day. He's coming as a thief in the night. If we know according to the Bible. That Jesus is going to return at the end of the seven year tribulation period. That's because there's going to come. Time when the Lord Jesus raptures his church. The Lord Jesus is going to take the saved to be with him. And will not be there. You see, Jesus is coming for his saints. He's coming as a thief. He's coming as a thief. He's coming as a thief. The Bible says in the New Testament he's going to come. And the coming of Christ is going to be like it was in the days of Noah. There are some Old Testament rapture examples. Enoch, you remember Enoch? Enoch gives us a picture. It gives us a little taste of God's way of rapturing a person. The Bible says that Enoch, he didn't die. He was not. God took him. Like Enoch, one of these days, God's going to rapture the church. He's going to call us out of here. And who will be not, God will take me. Hallelujah, we can look forward to the rapture of the Lord Jesus Jesus said this, as it was in the days of Noah. Look at what the Bible says, or hear what the Bible says. If you want to find it, you can. Luke chapter number 17, verse number 26. Luke 17, verse 26. Here's what the scripture says. As it was in the days of Noah. N-O-E, Noah is Noah. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. What are we talking about when we talk about the days of the Son of Man? I believe we're talking about the rapture of the church. They did eat in the days of Noah. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. you remember how wicked the moment was in history when Noah's ark was built? And Noah preached righteousness and Noah made a way of escape. The ark, which is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they did all they wanted to do and lived it up until the day that Noah entered into the ark. What happened to God's redeemed? What happened to God's saved? What happened to God's people? Noah and his family were sheltered safe in the ark until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, we see Noah and then we see Lot. Noah, what happened? Wickedness was rampant and God called his people. Through an ark of safety and shut the door, his people were safe. And then the judgment of God fell. And the wrath of God fell on the wickedness of man after they would rejected him time and time and time again. The same thing happened to Lot. You remember Lot? Now I want you to know something about Lot. Lot was not the best guy that ever lived. He just wasn't. He was a dirty, rotten scoundrel. Lot pitched his tents towards Sodom. Lot moved to Sodom. He wasn't a witness in Sodom. He fell prey to all the perverseness and wickedness of Sodom. But Lot was the child of God. Lot was a person who was washed in the blood of the Lamb. And the Bible says that Sodom had to be destroyed. But the Bible says in verse 28 of Luke 17, Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. What happened? What's the same in Lot's story and Noah's story? The same difference was when the saved people were out of there, the judgment of God fell. And Jesus says, the way it was in Noah's day is the way it's going to be when I come again. The day it was in Lot's day is the way it's going to be when I come for my church. Even thus, verse thirty, shall it be in the day when the sons of man, when the son of man is revealed. I want you to know Jesus is coming for his saints. He's coming to rapture the church. This is a little bit different than what Jesus is talking about in Revelation one seven, but it's something that's going to happen before Revelation one seven happens. Jesus is coming for his saints. A parallel passage to what I just read we find in the book of Matthew. I'm reminding you that in the New Testament, Jesus tells us that he's coming for his saints. In Matthew 24, verses 36 to 41, the Bible says, But of that day and hour knoweth no man. We don't know when the rapture is going to take place. We can get a good guess after the rapture takes place. We can get a good guess as to when the second coming of Christ is going to be when the raptures will take place. We have no idea. Only God knows. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Verse number 40. Of Matthew chapter 24, then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the meal, The one shall be taken, the other left. You see these two in the field. One taken, the other left. Two grinding, one taken, one left. Does that match up with Revelation 1 verse 7? Behold, he cometh in the clouds, and every eye shall see him. No, it does not. You know why? Because it takes place seven years prior to Revelation seven. It happens when God raptures his church, when God returns for his church, when God brings his church and spares them from the judgment and the wrath of God that's going to fall in the seven years of tribulation. You see, Jesus is coming for his saints. We're not finished yet. Jesus is coming for his saints. Let's keep talking about the rapture some more. Oh, it's sweet. 1 Corinthians 15, 50. Here's what the Bible says. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. The mystery is the mystery of the rapture of the church. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. What's that mean? That means we're not all going to die. You know, there's a chance that nobody in this room will have to die. That's kind of fun to think about. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Changed. That's mysterious, isn't it? We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet... Shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Guess what, folks? Jesus is coming for His saints. He's coming for His saints. What's well, an exciting thing to think about? It could happen in a moment. Amen. Jesus calls His church. The dead in Christ will rise first, then we shall be changed. Oh, it's sweet. The promises just keep getting sweeter and sweeter, though. Jesus is coming again. He's coming for the church and the rapture, and it could happen any moment. Here's what he says in First Thessalonians chapter number 4. You know what you should do? You should turn there in your Bibles. First Thessalonians chapter number 4. The passage here is very lengthy. But it's rich verse after verse after verse with this subject that Jesus is coming for his saints. Look with me beginning in verse number 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Now the point that the Apostle Paul has in writing this passage of Scripture is he's going to encourage the church. He's going to encourage Christians. How many of you like when people give you encouraging words? How many of you think it's really encouraging for somebody to speak up and say, guess what? (laughs) This is so exciting. You're going to have to spend seven years of absolute utter hell on earth but it's going to be great that's not the message that the church gets in First Thessalonians chapter number 4 as a matter of fact the Bible says something very wonderful God hath not appointed us to wrath I'm thankful for that look at what the scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse number 13 the Bible says but I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep that sounds familiar to something we read this morning ago, those that are dead. That you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. I don't want you to be upset to, as, and, and mourning as if there's no hope that you'll never see these folks again. Let me tell you something that's encouraging. Verse 14. He says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be. With the Lord, when you read verses sixteen and seventeen, the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Verse number seventeen. Then what the us which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Do you see a difference between that and Revelation one seven, when the Bible says, "Behold, He cometh in the clouds, and every eye shall see Him." You know why there's a difference. Be ready. This is so profound. Do you know why there's a difference? Because there's a difference. It's different. Jesus, when he raptures the church, he's going to come with a trump, with a shout, in the clouds, in the air. And the church is going to be with him. We're going to be changed. It's mysterious. We're going to be changed. We're going to be out of here. But it doesn't say anything about every eye shall see. As a matter of fact, we understand there's going to be great confusion and, and turmoil and misunderstanding and misrepresentation as to what happened to all the church, what happened to all the Christians. Jesus is rapturing the church out of here. We're going to meet the Lord in the air. You'll see something encouraging, verse 17. To meet the Lord in the air. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? You know what I always have to ask? I know I'm a pain. What next? To me, the Lord in the air, what's next? The Bible says this, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Let me tell you something, that's encouraging. That's encouraging. Is there anybody in your life that you really don't care where you go as long as you're with them? I got some folks like that on earth. The bottom line is, if you go with Jesus, you'll never be disappointed. And when Jesus comes for his church and raptures us out of here, we're not going to see him, we're going to hear him, we're going to be changed, It's going to be mysterious. Every eye won't see him, but he's coming with a trumpet and he's going to call his church, he's going to rapture us out of here and we're going to be with him forever and so shall I ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah! It gives us reason to anticipate with great joy and excitement, the return of Christ, because all the burdens of life will be passed away. The sin curse, the difficulty, the strain, gone. Every eye shall see him at his second coming, but not at the rapture. Jesus is coming for the church. He's coming in the clouds. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Look at what the Bible says in verse number 18. If you understand that we'll ever be with the Lord, you can say amen to verse number 18. It says, wherefore comfort one another with these words. That is comforting. It continues, verse number 1 of chapter 5. Look at it with me. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Now, does that remind you of anything we heard Jesus say a little bit ago? We hear in other places in Revelation, it's coming as a thief in the night. It's not coming in the clouds, and every eye shall see him at the end of the tribulation. It's coming as a thief in the night. Verse 3. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. When Jesus comes for the church, the opportunity For those that are living to be saved, that have rejected the gospel over. Will there be chances for folks to be saved in the tribulation? Absolutely, yes. Those who have rejected Christ prior to his rapture? No chance. The Bible says in verse 4, But ye, brethren, are not in darkness. That that day, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You, you, you're not in darkness. It's coming. You know it's coming. So be ready. Verse 5. Ye are all children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as do others. But let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. They that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober. Putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And for an helmet, the hope of salvation. Verse number 9, for God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Folks, let me tell you something. Jesus is coming for his saints. I'm thankful Jesus is going to write for the church, and if you're saved through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, when the trump of God shall sound, it's a mysterious, but you're, it's a mystery, but you're going to be changed. You're going to be forever with the Lord. Always, from now on. Hallelujah. You're not going to suffer the great tribulation, the wrath of God, that falls on all the men that have rejected Him. He's coming. Jesus is coming for his saints. It's so important that we know verse number 9 of chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians. For God hath not appointed us to wrath. You remember that. God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming for his saints. Thirdly, Jesus is coming with his saints. Now we've spent all this time, we've told you Jesus is coming again. That's what the Bible says in Revelation 1-7. Jesus is coming for his saints. That's not what the Bible says in Revelation 1-7. It refers to a different time. Jesus is coming for the church and the rapture. But verse number 7, Revelation chapter 1, is of utmost importance. It leads us to the third point. Jesus is coming with his saints. Look what the Bible says in verse number 7 of Revelation chapter number 1, back to our text. The Bible says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. What's the Bible say about this second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? Behold, he cometh in the clouds. Every eye shall see him. We're we're pretty established on that, right? And then the Bible says this. They also which pierced him. I can't help but wonder if John's thinking about the day that Jesus was crucified. You know he was there. John was there the day that Jesus was crucified. And no doubt he looked into the eyes of those soldiers and folks who crucified him. John knew literally the people who had driven the nails in his hands and his feet. John knew literally the folks who had condemned him to death. John knew literally the folks who would hoisted his cross. He says, them that pierced him. There's also reference throughout the Bible of them that pierced him as... The Jews. We know that it wasn't actually the Jews that did the nailing of the nails and the crucifixion. It was a Roman crucifixion. But the Jews, they were the people who turned over their own. He came to his own his own received him not. Them that pierced him. You know what also we know sometimes and is referred to? That our sin and our rebellion against Jesus... It's as if we ourselves have driven the nails in his hands and his feet. They that pierced him. They that pierced him are those folks who have not received him by faith as Savior. They that pierced him are the ones not accepted his free gift. They that pierced him. The Bible says this, they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth. Who's that? Everybody that's left. The tribulation that has not bowed the knee to King Jesus shall wail because of him. That word wail is kind of interesting. Have you ever been around somebody who's wailing? It's misery. It's heart rending. The word wail has its roots in the word cut. And the picture that it gives, the word wail, the picture that the word wail gives, it gives this grief and mourning that is so intense that in some effort for relief, you actually start to cut yourself. The Bible says the coming of the Lord. When he comes in the clouds and every eye shall see him at the end of the tribulation. The coming of the Lord in vengeance. Those that pierced him. The kindreds of every earth. The Bible says they shall wail. They shall wail because of him. And John, what do you say to that? The, the, the fierceness of God's wrath, the judgment of God falling on the rebellion of men, the finishing, finished work of Jesus Christ, the righteous judge. What do you say about that? What is it, what do you, John, what are you right? And the Holy Spirit says, here's what you're right. Even so. Even so, all I can say is amen. Lord, you've given them a chance. You've sent them your son. Even so, amen. The Bible says that Jesus is going to come again. He comes in the clouds. Every eye shall see him. They that pierced him. All kinds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. The Lord Jesus, when he comes with his saints, is coming in vengeance. When he comes in Revelation 1, seven, what we have foretold of the revelation of Jesus in Revelation 1, seven, he's coming in vengeance. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 7, And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels and flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified and his saints to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. What does Paul say to the church at Thessalonica, I know you're suffering. I know the people have rejected Jesus and are rejecting you. But there's coming a day when Jesus is going to come in fire with great vengeance. That's Revelation seven. That's the revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's coming in vengeance. He's coming visibly. We've talked about that. We've about beat that horse to death. He's coming in the clouds and every eye shall see him at the end of the tribulation. Matthew 24, listen to this, verse 27, the Bible says, As the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Immediately, listen to this, verse 29, it's so important. Matthew 24, verse 29 immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. Does that remind you of Revelation 1-7? That's what Jesus says. Then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds. They shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power. Great glory. Jesus is coming again visibly in vengeance. The folks, I want you to know Jesus is coming again with the saints victorious. In Jude, verse number 14, the book with no chapters, just verses, verse 14, the book of Jude. Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. Can you see that picture? The Lord coming with ten thousands of his saints. In 1 Thessalonians 3.13, the Bible says, To the end he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. He's coming with all his saints. When he comes in the rapture, He's coming along with the trump of God in the clouds and we're going to meet Him in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. But when He returns, according to Revelation 1 verse 7, when He returns, every eye shall see Him and we're going to be with Him. With all the saints. Victorious. The victory's won. The Lord Jesus will defeat Satan finally forever. Listen to this, Revelation chapter 19, verse number 11. And I saw heaven opened. And behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he that judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And in a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was, clothed with a vest, he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it should, he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh name written. Hear it. King of kings and Lord of lords. That's Jesus. I'll be with him. Not because I'm good. I'm not even lot worthy. But I'm washed in the blood of the Lamb. And when Jesus comes to get his church because I'm saved... I'll be called up together with the Lord in the clouds. And I'll always be with Him. And when He comes again, I'll be with Him still. He's coming for the church. He's coming with the church. He's going to be revealed. His revelation, His apocalypse. Is that Jesus is going to right every wrong. And every knee shall bow to the glory of God the Father. Folks. Folks. Behold, he cometh. Be glad. Let's pray.